This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. For more downloads, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. <coughs> Prophecies of Ezekiel. Well, there's uh, 48 chapters worth of prophecies in Ezekiel. So what I thought I would attempt to do is to look at just three. Uh, But I'll start with a look at the man Ezekiel. Then it is overall message. Then look at the major themes of the book. So Ezekiel the man. Uh, He was born in Jerusalem about 622 BC. I don't know whether these dates mean a lot to you. I can never work out quite what BC and the next BC. I can't work backwards with numbers like that, but I'll tell you what they are just in case you can follow them. Uh, he was probably uh, exiled with the 3,000 who were taken from Judah after King Jehoiakim was disposed, deposed in 598 BC we know he was a member of a priestly family Uh, we're told in the first chapter that he was the priest the son of Buzai but nothing else is I've not been able to find anything else about his genealogy I've described him there as a Zionist and that's to illustrate his desire his passion for God and for God's people and is wanting to see both in ascendancy once again with God being faithfully worshipped in the temple in Jerusalem we just read these words didn't we in that Psalm 137 by the waters of Babylon though we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion if I forget you O Jerusalem let my right hand forget its skill if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy so a little of his passion well you know I like to put think that Ezekiel could well have been one of the people who was here singing but that may be a bit fanciful but nonetheless if we associate him with those words we can understand uh, his desire his passion for wanting uh, things to be as they were for worship of the Lord to be established once again and for people to heed the word of the Lord Uh, a queer comment you might think or an odd comment he loved his wife Uh, and that's particularly shown when he is uh, called upon to make a parallel between him and his wife and the father and the church Uh, there's a chapter I think it's 24 where there are a few verses I'll just read to you Ezekiel 24 uh, starting at verse 15 the word of the Lord came to me son of man behold I'm about to take the delight of your eyes away from you at a stroke. Yet you shall not mourn or weep, nor shall your tears run down. And so we see here expressed uh, 
his love for his wife about to take the delight of your eyes away from you and he was told don't make a fuss about it uh, and that's basically it but that's where we get this notion and we get this notion too of his willingness to uh, do whatever the Lord tells him and to subjugate his own feelings and desires to those of the Father and it brings us a parallel too of the way the Father, the Lord looks after his people despite their behaviour and so on he still loves them and looks after them uh, he was commissioned at 30 uh, we are told to that incidents are recalled for us in the first chapter um, and that reminds us doesn't it that uh, Jesus was about the same age when he started his ministry although of course Ezekiel's went on for a lot longer probably I think it's 19 or 20 years at least and that fits in <coughs> with the normal period that priests served in the temple which was from the age of 30 to 50 there's another similarity with, with Jesus as well uh, only twice in the text is Ezekiel named Ezekiel called Ezekiel but on 83 occasions he's uh, known as the son of man uh, Jeremiah was a contemporary of his uh, some commentators think that Jeremiah could have been a relative was certainly his mentor and he remained in Jerusalem while Daniel was of course among the exiles in, the Bab in Babylon so it, they were there both with the same objectives in mind Ezekiel over in Babylon and <coughs> Jeremiah back in Jerusalem you can see marked on there where Kibar River is just below Babylon itself down the river a bit and that's the point where Ezekiel received his commission and his first vision the scale on there indicates that uh, Jerusalem is about 600 miles from Babylon as the crow flies but when the, when the normal journey of up the Euphrates Valley and down the other side along the crescent that would be about twice as far so what was his message we'll look at the themes of his message shortly but just a few general points to start off with uh, to his fellow exiles and those still in Jerusalem he was, they were the people he was preaching to of course as we've already indicated and the words that he wrote or that were written of his speeches got through to Jerusalem probably via Jeremiah suddenly his words fell on deaf ears and the attractions of this world were too great for those of his fellow exiles in Babylon and also in Jerusalem one message in particular that was <coughs> ignored in both areas was this one uh, to accept the rule of Babylon which God had told them to accept and to get on with life uh, because that was what he wanted to happen but they ignored the advice and so were taken into captivity <coughs> how did he communicate as we said he would 
orate, he would speak, he would write, these words would be circulated around. And he also enacted in, as a sort of living parable what the warnings that he was bringing to the people, the words he was telling them about what was going to happen in the future. For instance, there was the time when he laid for 390 days uh, to bear the sins of Israel on his left side and then for 40 days on his right side for the sins of Judah. But people took no notice of this. You can read a full account of that in chapter 4. He tried to encourage them with good news for the future, for the future restoration uh, that was going to take place after they'd been scattered and endured the punishment from God. To speak to them of the time when God's kingdom would fill the earth. I want to look first at a short-term prophecy. This was to verify that he was a true prophet when he makes a prophecy about an event which is going to happen fairly soon and people can witness that it takes place and therefore put their trust in any other prophecy he has to make. We read about this in chapter 12. But just first of all, let's have a look at a verse from Deuteronomy 18, which sets this principle up. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. So there in Deuteronomy, the message is, if somebody <clears throat> says something which he thinks is going to come to pass and it doesn't, you know, he's not a true prophet. But if it does come to pass, then it is what the Lord has indeed spoken. I think now, David, we call upon you once again to read for us uh, Ezekiel chapter 12. Reading with you then from Ezekiel chapter 12. The word of Yahweh also came unto me, saying, Son of man, thou dwellest in the midst of a rebellious house, which have eyes to see and see not, and they have ears to hear and hear not, for they are a rebellious house. Therefore, thou son of man, prepare thee stuff for removing, and remove by day in their sight, and thou shalt remove from thy place to another place in their sight. It may be they will consider, though they be a rebellious house. Then thou shalt bring forth thy stuff by day in their sight, as stuff for removing, and thou shalt go forth at even in their sight, as they that go forth into captivity. Dig thou through the wall in their sight, and carry out thereby. And in their sight shalt thou bear it upon thy shoulders, and carry it forth in the twilight, and thou shalt cover thy face, that thou see not the ground, for I have set thee for a sign unto the house of Israel. And I did so, and as I was commanded, and I brought forth my stuff by day, as stuff for captivity, and in the even I digged uh, through the wall with mine hand, I brought it forth in the twilight, and I bear it upon my shoulder in their sight. And in the morning came the word of Yahweh unto me, saying, Son of man, have not the house of Israel, the rebellious house, said unto thee, What doest thou? Say thou unto them, 
Thus saith the Lord Yahweh, This burden concerneth the prince in Jerusalem, and all the house of Israel that are among them. Say, I am your sign, like as I have done, so shall it be done unto them, and they shall remove and go into captivity. And the prince that is among them shall bear upon his shoulder in the twilight, and shall go forth, and they shall dig through the wall to carry it out thereby, and he shall cover his face, that he see not the ground with his eyes. And my net also will I spread upon him, and he shall be taken in my snare, and I will bring him to, to Babylon, to the land of the Chaldeans. Yet shall he not see it, though he shall die there. And I will scatter toward every wind all that are about him to help him, and all his bands, and I will draw out the sword after them. And they shall know that I am Yahweh, when I shall scatter them among the nations, and disperse them in the countries. But I will leave a few men of them from the sword, and from the famine, and from the pestilence, that they may, be, they may declare all their abominations among the heathen, whither they come, and they shall know that I am Yahweh. Moreover, the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, Son of man, eat thy bread with quaking, and drink thy water with trembling, and with carefulness. And say unto the people of the land, Thus saith the Lord Yahweh of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and of the land of Israel, They shall eat their bread with carefulness, and drink their water with astonishment, that, their, that her land may be desolate from all that is therein because of the violence of all them that dwell therein. And the cities that are inhabited shall be laid waste, and the land shall be desolate, and ye shall know that I am Yahweh. And the word of Yahweh came unto me, saying, Son of man, what is that proverb that ye have in the land of Israel, saying, The days are prolonged, and every vision faileth? Tell them therefore, Thus saith the Lord Yahweh, I will make the proverb to cease, and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say unto them, The days are at hand, and the effect of every vision. For there shall be no more any vain vision, nor flattering divination within the house of Israel. For I am Yahweh, and I will speak, and the word that I shall speak shall come to pass and it shall be no more prolonged. For in your days, O rebellious house, will I say the word, and will perform it, saith the Lord Yahweh. And again the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, Son of man, behold, they of the house of Israel say, The vision that he seeth is for many days to come, and he prophesieth of times that are far off. Therefore say unto them, Thus saith the Lord Yahweh, There shall none of my words be prolonged any more, but the word which I have spoken shall be done, saith the Lord Yahweh. So we see there in those words that Ezekiel enacts the siege of Jerusalem and predicts the capture of Zedekiah He's taking to Babylon and his death. Let's just pick out the highlights of that chapter again. Verse 2, we read, 
Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house who have eyes to see, but see not, who have ears to hear, but hear not, for they are a rebellious house. Those words remind me of the time when the disciples asked Jesus, Why do you talk in parables? Uh, for neither the crowd who saw Ezekiel nor the one who listened to Jesus understood the message because of the rebelliousness and Jesus says you know as Isaiah says similar words which Jesus refers to and saying you know they don't basically deserve to understand so they don't hear and Ezekiel is saying the same kind of thing verse 7 we read uh, that as he was commanded to do uh, Ezekiel presented an enactment of what was soon to happen of the uh, exile of Zedekiah and his followers and then in verse 11 he says if you accept it I am a sign of what is to happen he emphasizes again that if you accept what I have to say here's the verification understand it because I've been given these words by the father then in verses 15 and 20 when these events happen the Lord says you will know that I am the Lord so he's emphasizing once again that people will understand that he is the one with the power that he is in control when they see those events happen and we could see the same of ourselves when we see events about us events that are getting stronger and stronger by the moment that the Lord is in control then in verse 23 we have the people who have doubted that they were being warned about it said things like this every vision comes to nothing they say but now they are told every vision will be fulfilled and again the Lord emphasizes that it will really happen this time and it does so the remnant of Israel should heed the words of that Ezekiel is bringing to them I want to look now at the what I put down as the breakdown of the major themes of Ezekiel there's the pattern of him warning of scattering followed by regathering followed by Israel receiving a new spirit and an undivided heart this is because of their unfaithfulness their idolatry and uh, they are scattered and the cycle starts and as a result of that the glory departs from Jerusalem but still God is in <coughs> the sanctuary is there for them as a sanctuary as a refuge if they go to him but mostly they don't recognize he is there and that reminds us of those words to the Samaritan woman at Shechem doesn't it where Jesus says to her the Lord doesn't dwell in temples made with hands these themes are outlined for us in <coughs> chapter 11 and I want to fairly quickly run through some of the verses there which pick out these themes in verse 16 of chapter 11 there is this one talking about the scattering therefore say thus says the Lord though I remove them far off among the nations and though I scattered them among the countries yet I have been a sanctuary to them for a while in the countries 
where they have gone. Why were they scattered? Because they were adulterous, which we read of in verse 21. But as for those whose heart goes after their detestable things and their abominations, their abominations, I will bring their deeds upon their own heads, declares the Lord God. And so we're back in the position of them being scattered because of that, because of their idolatry. But after that, there is the regathering, and then after that, there is the new heart and the new spirit which is given to them. And I will give them one heart, and a new spirit I will put in them. I will remove from them the heart of stone, their flesh, from their flesh, and give them a heart of... Start that again. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh, and give them a heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statutes, and keep my rules, and obey them. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. I will be their God. Then verse 22 and 23 of that 11th chapter. Then the cherubim lifted up their wings with the wheels beside them. And the glory of God of Israel was over them. And the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood on the mountain that is on the east side of the city. So God's glory departs from Jerusalem as Ezekiel was warning them and telling them. Two more verses about the theme that we've briefly looked at. And the Spirit lifted me up and brought me in vision by the Spirit of God into Chaldea to the exiles. Then the vision I had sent went up from me and I told the exiles all the things that the Lord had shown me. So it's a part again of the themes is that he's always telling them but they're never leaving, never believing. And so he prophesies the exiles a summary all of the book is prophecy we've seen Ezekiel the man we've seen his message we've seen his credentials with that short term prophecy and we've looked sketchily I know at the major themes of the book let's move on now and have a look at the prophecies about the future first one, well the book we're going to concentrate for the rest is that well known one about the valley of dry bones from Ezekiel 37 the hand of the Lord was upon me he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley it was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the voice of the Lord. I will make breath into you, and you will come to life. Then you will know 
that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, and say to it, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. highlights of the rest of the chapter and we'll ask David once again to read that for us starting at verse 11 <clears throat> reading from uh, Ezekiel 37 and, and verse 11 to the end then he said unto me son of man these bones are the whole house of Israel behold they say our bones are dried and our hope is lost we are cut off from our parts therefore prophesy and say unto them thus saith the Lord Yahweh behold O my people I will open your graves and I will cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel and ye shall know that I am Yahweh and when I have opened your graves O my people and brought you up out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you and ye shall live and I shall place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, Yahweh, have spoken it and performed it, saith Yahweh. And the word of Yahweh came again unto me, saying, Moreover, thou son of man, take thee one stick and write upon it for Judah and for the children of Israel for companions. Then take another stick and write upon it for Joseph the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Israel, his companions. And join them one to another into one stick, and they shall become one in thine hand. And when the children of thy people shall speak unto thee, saying, Wilt thou not show us what thou meanest by these? Say unto them, Thus saith the Lord Yahweh, Behold, I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel his fellows and I'll put them with him even with the stick of Judah and make them one stick and they shall be one in mine hand and the sticks whereon thou writest shall be in thine hand before, thine, before their eyes and say unto them thus saith the Lord Yahweh behold I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen whither they be gone and will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land and I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel and one king shall be the ki shall be king to them all and they shall be no more two nations neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms any more at all neither shall they defile themselves any more with their idols nor with their detestable things nor with any of their transgressions but I will save them out of all their dwelling places wherein they have sinned, and will cleanse them 
and so shall they be my people, and I will be their God. And David, my servant, shall be king over them, and they shall have one shepherd, and they shall also walk in my judgments, and observe my statutes and do them. And they shall dwell in the land that I have given unto Jacob, my servant, wherein your fathers have dwelt, and they shall dwell therein, even they and their children, and their children's children, for ever. And my servant David shall be their prince for ever. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them, and it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will place them and multiply them, and I will set my sanctuary in the midst of them for evermore. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Yea, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And the heathen shall know that I, Yahweh, do sanctify Israel, and my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. We had that very graphic introduction of the vision or that depiction of the vision and now we have the words explaining a little more of what it was all about which we'll have a look at first of all we note confirming that the vision is indeed about Israel who the Lord still loves despite their unfaithfulness O son of man these bones are the whole house of Israel behold they say our bones are dried up our hope is lost we are indeed cut off. So to give them some hope, Ezekiel continues with the words from God. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from the graves of my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. Here we have an indication of resurrection, whereby the dead are brought back to life to inherit God's land. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. This completes this pattern of resurrection. They will indeed, they will need the spirit of God being breathed into them, that the spirit of life was breathed into Adam at creation. <clears throat> and I will make them one nation in the land, on the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king over them, and they shall be no longer two nations. The division of the tribes of Israel into two separate kingdoms would cease, an indication that others, some possibly non-Jews by birth, would join them. And then the important verse 24. My servant David will be king over them, and they shall have one shepherd, meaning that David's greatest son, our Saviour Jesus, would be king, as was promised to his mother, where we read in Luke chapter 1 verse 32 that he would the son born to her would indeed inherit the throne of his father David verse 28 <clears throat> then the nations will know that I am the Lord who sanctifies Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forevermore so there will come a time when all nations will acknowledge that the Lord God is the one who makes his people holy and his presence with Jesus the King will remain with them forever in these verses we have seen the pattern of present and future developments for God's people to give them hope when all seemed lost when they were exiles it is a pattern we can also apply to ourselves as individuals before God 
we'll come back to that in a minute or two so what are the steps leading to the kingdom of God these steps are as I see them shown in biblical prophecy comparing scripture with scripture rather than with a history book others may see the way to the kingdom take other steps but the end is the same the hope is the same the salvation we have in Christ is the same the state of Israel is crushed and one prophecy which concerns us about that is Psalm 83 it it highlights the intent of the nation surrounding the present state of Israel to overpower it it's well worth a read after that crushing Israel will once again be scattered indeed that will be part of the crushing they will have a change of attitude though and repent and in response to their cries Jesus will return as their king and our saviour which ties in also with Zechariah chapter 14 and again in Zechariah 14 we have a picture <coughs> of Jesus with the saints beginning to reign in Jerusalem back to Ezekiel 38 where we read of the Gogian invasion from the north and the ultimate destruction of those opposing God then we have Psalm 72 a wonderful picture of the peace and righteousness spreading to all the world then the final step in Corinthians 15 where we read at the end of the thousand year reign of Jesus when he hands the kingdom back to the Lord God and all becomes at one with him where we are told God will be all in all so those are the steps as I see them what does this mean to you and to me Ezekiel is full of interesting prophecy as we've briefly looked at a lot of it relating to nations but some as we've hinted applies to us as individuals also and of course nations are made up of individuals so let's have a look at what it can mean to us as individuals what God says will happen does happen the regathering of Israel to form in <coughs> 1948 <coughs> the present state of Israel just demonstrates beyond doubt that what God through his prophet says will happen, does happen so we can expect that what has been said about the future in the Bible will happen also foremost is the second appearance of Jesus the Messiah we are in the middle <coughs> of some of these prophet prophecies working out when we see what's going on in the Middle East these days and the old enmity between Jew and Arab could erupt at any time particularly with the provocation that they have at the moment of the huge wall built through Israel and the missiles of Hezbollah for example and the pressure of ISIS and Syria in the north all these could very quickly erupt and bring about the time of repentance and the time of the return of Jesus to come as king indications are that Israel will not survive a fourth conflict and so being humbled 
they seek the help of Jesus who will be here as king in Jerusalem <coughs> Israel will then become a place of peace until it invaded by the northern hordes but after that a kingdom of everlasting peace but the important thing for us is that we can be a part of that kingdom if we follow the pattern outlined in Ezekiel 37 we too can be gathered into Israel's kingdom by joining ourselves to Jesus the coming king now by being baptized into his saving name then when Christ appears we can be part of that glorious age and if we have died before that time we will be resurrected to be with him God's kingdom on earth one question that is often asked is when this was the answer which Jesus himself gave when he was asked that question but concerning that day and hour no one knows not even the angels of heaven nor the son but the father only but for us there's a big therefore if we committed ourselves to following Christ therefore beloved since you are waiting for, the, for these be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace and our prayer is this the final words of scripture he who testifies to these things say surely I'm coming soon Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, information about what we believe, and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk. Christadelphians.org.uk